Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Well, the sports headlines around New Zealand right now are dominated by opinion, analysis and speculation uh, around the future of uh, head coach Ian Foster as the All Blacks uh, are under a lot of pressure uh, before they head to South Africa. That uh, tour is looming to start their rugby championship campaign. Stay the course or make the shift now ahead of the Rugby World Cup? That's the question occupying the thoughts of many rugby fans around the country with New Zealand uh, rugby remaining pretty tight-lipped at this stage, but we heard from former players, former bosses and journalists here. But what are they saying across the Tasman? Joining us now uh, from the Sydney Morning Herald is their rugby and cricket re- reporter Tom Decent. Good morning to you, Tom. Uh, thanks uh, for getting up so early for us. Uh, it's pretty desperate times over here. What's the, uh, is there uh, much sympathy for what's going on in, Austra- uh, in Australia for us? Oh, I don't know about that, judging by the number of people in the, the pubs in Paddington cheering for Ireland on Saturday night. Um, yeah, very, very <laughs> different scenario for New Zealand to be facing. Australia's been on the, the end of a lot of misery over the years for the All Blacks, particularly in Sydney. So Sydney rugby fans weren't too uh, <laughs> sympathetic, I guess, on Saturday watching that unfold. Well, we've been carried away with so much what's happening on this side, of course. Um, let's not forget... Uh, uh, there might be a bit of pressure going on on your side as well. How do you, how do you see where Dave Rennie's at at this current point? Yeah, you're dead right. I mean, New Zealand's going through their own thing with Ian Foster, but quite frankly, Dave Rennie's win record's lower at 39%. He's won one of his last six, a series where Australia probably should have asked the, asked the cake on that and, and, and got the job done against England. Um, yeah, look, an interesting tour they've got coming up against Argentina, obviously against former coach Michael Checker, um, like Quay Cooper could come back and play at 10 for Australia against a guy who effectively didn't want to bar of him before the World Cup in 2019. So, so good storylines there, but plenty of um, plenty of water to go under the bridge there. I think Dave Rennie is very safe heading into that World Cup. The Rugby Australia board are very happy with how things are going, but it is a long year. They've got a massive tour up north as well, and you know I think it actually will help them actually play in New Zealand a little bit later in the Rugby Championship. So there is perception that the Wallabies have improved under Rennie, yeah? I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a clear game plan. Um, like they, they clearly missed their opportunities on Saturday night. There was, there was a lack of polish there. There was definitely opportunities to be exploited against England. I think um, so disappointing given that they played with 14 men in Perth in the first test for the best part of you know 50 minutes um, and couldn't get the job done. But I think... The proof will be in the pudding really in this next sort of rugby championship period. If they, if they go down a test or two against Argentina, the drums will be beating, and then they've got to play South Africa at home, which is 
a little bit better than New Zealand have got to go over to South Africa, obviously, for that tour. And then the All Blacks, you know, be um, be very difficult prospect. But, yeah, look, it's okay. It's okay. It's not panic stations yet, I don't think. But um, it would want to get a few wins sooner than later. There's a real trend over the last uh, two to three week period where there have been uh, Northern Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere encounters across the board, uh, Tom. Uh, I think it's fair to say the Northern Hemisphere have uh, come out on top of that. Is, uh, is there a, a concern there that uh, this Rugby World Cup coming up in France is going to be a bridge too far for Southern Hemisphere teams? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, it does. I mean, I mean, we say it every World Cup, but it is genuinely looking like the widest World Cup, you know, in terms of teams that could win it. We know good France have been playing like South Africa. Um, looking the goods, we know England have just won this series here when they were sort of back against the wall. Um, you know, Wales going okay. So there's clearly um, Ireland, obviously, you know, can talk for days about how they're going at the moment. So, yeah, like clearly there's issues for the Southern Hemisphere teams. But I think, um, you know, there, thereabouts, we, we know how well Australian teams have done, sort of, not Australian teams, Southern Hemisphere teams have done in World Cups um, previously. So I don't think there's room to panic as well. But there's clearly a shift going on. There's a lot of teams that are, at the top of the rankings, we know that Australia, you know, um, are going to be probably seventh now in the rankings as well. New Zealand is sitting at fourth. So um, it's not looking like the table that we're normally used to seeing, right? Well, it's, it's uh, quite interesting, this clash you've got coming up against uh, Argentina in Argentina, of course. Never easy. Added, and the spice to that, of course, is uh, Michael Checker's involvement with um, Argentina. He's front and centre in that coach's box, etc. So there will be spice in this series. Oh, 100%. I think Michael Checkers, you know, does his best work early. It's been, you know, written and reported in the last few days that he did very well to orchestrate that win over Scotland, um, coming from behind as well. He he once said he would never, ever coach against Australia. He did it in an assistant role under Mario Ledesma for a couple of years, and now he's a head coach of Argentina against his country of birth. So it'd be very interesting to see what he does, really, the national anthems there. But uh, he'll be mighty, you know, motivated to, to win that series. He, he does... I think in a, a big, perfect world, see a way back to the Wallabies um, one day. Probably the same could be said for Eddie Jones one day. Uh, they all have desires of coming back to Australia at some point. Um, yeah, there'll be a lot of heat and spice and, and intensity in, in those fixtures over in Argentina in about three weeks. Can I ask you, Tom, in terms of uh, achieving a settled side, uh, where you think Dave Rennie is at, particularly in the 10 jersey, his playmaker role. Is, uh, you know, he's had uh, some injury issues. He's, he's uh, had some old guys come back. He's had some young guys he's persevered with. But what about his playmaker's role, his 9 and his 10? Do you think he's settled there? I think it's a real issue. Uh, and, I mean, I say that because Quake was going to be the number 10 for this series. If you'd said before the series who were Australia's 1 and 2 number 10s, you would have to say Quake Cooper and Noel Oloseo. Um, but then Noel Sia was picked on the bench. Quay Cooper gets injured. Noah plays all three tests. Did okay. Um, you know, his performance in, uh, in Brisbane was probably the best of the lot, but certainly didn't um, steer Australia to a series victory by any means. James O'Connor um, was hoping that he could be coming back and, and playing a major role, but doesn't seem to have shaken off that injury or sort of been at the same intent, uh, you know, sharpness that he usually is. And then Quay Cooper's done a calf. Is, is, is that sort of going to be a long-term thing for him? How's his body? He's 34 years old. Is he going to make it to the World Cup next year? So there's a bit of a revolving door as well. No one's really had a set, stable amount of time in the saddle there at number 10. So I don't think he's settled. I mean, if you said to him, who is your, your, 
your best 10 right now, I don't think most Australians would, would probably know deep down um, or sort of at least who's going to be there in, in the World Cup. Your number nine, you're a bit more settled. I think, um, you know, Nick White's shown enough um, in, in this test series and shown enough willingness to get through to even the World Cup and possibly a line series. So he's your guy and you can build around that. Who your reserve halfback is, that's sort of a bit up in the air. But, um, yeah, there's definitely issues there in the halves, I think. Do you think there's a perception after a long drought that uh, the way um, New Zealand rugby seems at the moment, the All Blacks under immense pressure, do you think there's a sniff for Australia this this calendar year? Oh, I mean, I, I think Australia would be lucky, or you know, counting their lucky stars, they're not playing New Zealand next because we know that when New Zealand loses a few, that's when they rebound in such spectacular fashion. I still think New Zealand are massive favourites for the Bledisloe Cup. But yeah, like there would be... Um, I think everyone's still trying to work out how this has come to be. Everyone's trying to... Uh, it's, it's, it's such big news that the, you know, the All Blacks have, have played like that and aren't winning. You know, they've lost obviously four of the last five. But um, it'll be fascinating to see what they do. I think um, there's merit in, you know, I think obviously the, the guns are Ian Foster and depending on what New Zealand rugby do. But, um, you know, uh, an, an interim coach as well, maybe in the interim to try and work out who the long-term guys might not be the worst shout. You know, you've got a guy like Wayne Smith there who's been around a long time. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if New Zealand rugby did something like that, you know, for the time being, to, to get him in and have a look and run the ship before you get your guy who you want until the World Cup and beyond in Scott Robertson, possibly. So, uh, Tom, what was the, um, the reception for, for Eddie Jones, bringing England there, uh, of course? Uh, you know, I understand there was a, might have been an encounter or two with a fan uh, on Saturday night, but generally the, the perception and the way you viewed Eddie Jones's visit? Yeah, look, I can only speak for his Sydney visit, but he had the absolute time of his life being back in Coogee um, at the Randwick Club and, and being looked after there. He had a smile on his face a week. He was treated fantastically and so was the, the rest of the team. It was a bit of a shame. There was a bit of heckle from the crowd about calling him a traitor and whatnot. I think that actually just shows how deep that cut Eddie. I think he was, he was so unhappy about that comment and um, as a proud Australian coaching at the SCG, I think that just would have um, been a tough pill to swallow. But um, overall, I think the reception of him was great. There's, there's utmost respect there, particularly now, given they've won this series in a very different manner to 2016 when they came and steamrolled Michael Checkers, meant 3-0, and um, they really had to grind their way through the second and third test to win there. And, and particularly, they had their injuries as well. Australia were riddled with injuries, but you know, England certainly had their problems as well. So it comes out of that, you know, the, how how much, you know, two weeks can make a difference. He was going to get sacked two weeks ago, and now he's on top of the world and another series winner in Australia. It was an interesting uh, sort of, uh, I guess, statement from uh, Hamish McLennan, of course, uh, who uh, is, is the boss over there in, in terms of uh, Australian rugby about uh, pulling out of super rugby, going it alone in Australia. Has that, has that grown uh, any sub, in any substance, substantial way, Tom, in, in your thinking? Um, oh, look, to a certain extent, I think that's just a bit of posturing from Rugby Australia and, and whatnot. Finishing this morning, um, Andrew Twiggy Forrest, who's obviously the, the billionaire mining magnate who sort of effectively runs the Western Force, he's come out today and, and said much of the same. So he's thrown his support behind that as well for Australia to go it alone, um, which is an interesting take on the whole thing. I don't know whether financially it makes sense. There's no um, clear-cut viewpoint over here on what Australia should do, but clearly Australia want the best deal for themselves. Um, but I think, I mean, my personal view is that Australia should stay with the Trans-Tasman um, competition. I think it, I think it showed legs. Thought there was great, um, 
you know, uh, we didn't know the outcome of all the games as well. So there was clearly it wasn't just an All Blacks, sorry, a, a Kiwi domination. So uh, I think mm. I think there's merit in keeping that. But Australia will push definitely hard to to try and maybe go it alone or at least get a better slice of that broadcast revenue. Tom, we uh, at the moment New Zealand are ranked fourth in the world. Uh, Australia currently sits sixth. Um, and when you look at uh, the way that uh, you know uh, forward players developing and 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 that sort of thing, I just wonder: Are we paying the price now for not having regular rugby against those big South African men? That's a very good shout, uh, and and absolutely, you could argue that for sure. Um, we don't, you know, traditionally Australia and New Zealand play that, that that style of rugby as we know that that South Africans like to play. It's it's been ingrained in that super rugby comp for more than 25 years and we've always had a taste of it um, regularly in the, in the first half of the year and now we don't. So I think New Zealand going up to South Africa first and having to, to, to do that, having basically played all their rugby against Australian teams this year and obviously Ireland who were a Northern Hemisphere side but you wouldn't say traditionally a, a set-piece heavy dominated team that some of the other you know teams like French and, and Coa are, are playing like. Um, yeah, it'd be fascinating. It's, it's definitely an argument, not one that we sort of thought too much about on this side of the ditch. But yeah, um, looking forward, I don't think there's any chance of South Africa coming back. They're long gone, which is a shame. But uh, yeah, definitely merit to that. Okay. Well, Tom, uh, it's been great catching up uh, from things on your side of the Tasman. Um, uh, I think we're worse off at this point by the sounds of it, but uh, we're not used to it, and maybe it's something new we have to get used to. Hey, mate, thanks for, very much for your time this morning. Thanks for getting up so early, and uh, we'll catch up shortly. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Ian. Cheers, uh, Tom Decent there. Of course, uh, he's the uh, rugby writer and does cricket as well for the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, but New Zealand, uh, I'd say, sorry, Sydney's number one paper, of course, in, in that respect. So uh, his views are very valuable to us. We shall take... Uh, a short break, and when we come back, it's uh, time to read out some of your texts. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.